I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Keeping Up Appearances, the luxury podcast. If you hadn't guessed already, this is the companion podcast for exploring the world of Hyacinth Bouquet in the hit BBC sitcom Keeping Up Appearances. My name's Jonathan Vernon-Smith and with me is William Hanson. Jonathan and I are here because we absolutely love the world of Keeping Up Appearances. We can't help but hanker for Hyacinth and we want you to hanker as much as we do. So by now you should know how this podcast works, but here's a little reminder, just in case. In each instalment, William and I will take you through an episode of Keeping Up Appearances, delving deep into the world of the Buckets. Okay! So don't listen any further if you haven't watched the fifth episode of the first series. Remember, Hyacinth always comes first. So which episode are we talking through today, William? This episode is entitled Daisy's Toy Boy. This is the first time that we see Hyacinth's milkman. I don't know why Harold Snow's written that. That's not that critical to this this plot, but that's how this opens. Hyacinth has volunteered her services, along with Richards and Elizabeth's, to assist at a charity luncheon at the church hall. Meanwhile, Daisy, who was worried that Onslow is no longer attracted to her, has decided to try and make him jealous by getting a 17-year-old motorcyclist friend of Rose's to appear to be taking an interest in her. At the church hall, it is pretty obvious that none of the other volunteers can stand Hyacinth as they try and hide whenever they see her approaching. Daisy has got Onslow to go to the church hall by telling him that Richard wants to see him, but the real reason becomes obvious when, during an exterior community hymn-singing session... (laughs) (laughs) This all makes so much sense. In which Richard and Onslow find themselves involved, Daisy turns up as the pillion passenger of the good-looking motorcyclist. However, Hyacinth is far more worried to see Onslow and Daisy there than Onslow is seeing Daisy with the motorcyclist. So this episode, for me, has good and less good moments. Yes. I'll be honest with you. So we start off with the milkman. Critical. Critical. The... Are you quite sure my milk went into a clean bottle? I mean, there is that... It's that lovely kind of um, middle-class milk delivery moment for Hyacinth Bouquet. And I don't know whether... Have you ever had a milkman? I think, casting my memory back, at the time that this this series was first being shown, I think my parents did have their milk delivered. Right. It didn't last long. And now I think, like most people, I assume, like you, we just get it from a supermarket or a quarter shop. Yes, sadly, sadly. I mean, we, we always used to have a milkman and it was always we had one of those little um, 
little metal things for putting yes. your oh, bottles out Granny in the morning. Granny had her milk delivered. Yes, and ours had a little gauge on it yes. for Monday, Tuesday, so that um, the I guess so the milkman knew what he was leaving you, and you could have. Um, so we always used to have semi-skim milk delivered mm. and two bottles of freshly squeezed orange juice, which oh. came in a milk bottle and you had to shake it to get all the bits from the bottom. Oh, so it wasn't just milk? No, no, no. You could order from the milkman um, orange juice, yogurts, even sliced bread. Oh. Oh, yes. All mod cons. And in fact, where I live, a lot of my neighbours still have the milkman. Gosh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. It's a, it's a big thing. People like to have a milkman. Well, indeed, Hyacinth in this, as a treat, as a reward for the milkman for delivering in a clean bottle, says that he can bring an extra yoghurt, she says, which is very odd that Patricia Routledge chose to say yoghurt, which is a middle-class uh, middle America pronunciation rather than middle-class England pronunciation. But uh, that's that's obviously going to boost the profits at the dairy considerably. Yes. Is that one extra yoghurt. So that's a nice, it's a nice beginning to um, rather like the postman, that mm. ongoing relationship Hyacinth has with her staff, her people. Yes. You know, either the milkman or the postman or whoever it may be, the electric man, they all appear in Hyacinth's life. They do. And, and that's the milkman that stays with us for the series. So um, we then go to uh, Hyacinth inside the house and Richard is going off to do some gardening. And Hyacinth stops him and says, where are you going? And he says, I'm going to the front garden to do some gardening. She says, no tie. And Very he sloppily dressed. He can't believe that she wants him to wear a tie. And she says, I will not have you standing out in the street half-dressed. Standards. Practically naked. <laughs> she but, also talks about this dog, that there's a dog that keeps making gestures at her. Mm. Now, you are a dog owner. I am. What My dogs never made a gesture at me. What gestures do dogs make? I don't really know. No. I mean... <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I, I just love the image of, of what Hyacinth thinks this dog is doing. I don't know. Maybe it's cocking its leg. Oh, yeah. That's probably the gesture she's Showing its to. bum. Showing its bum. I can see why she doesn't like that. Well, exactly. You wouldn't like that, would you? No. So um, th this is an episode where... For me, I find myself on a couple of occasions feeling just a little bit sorry for Hyacinth. And the first moment when Richard has finally been mm. uh, dressed in his tie by Hyacinth and goes out to do the gardening, um, he comes across the women who started chatting to Elizabeth. Mm. And, I mean, they're just they're being unkind, aren't they? I can't stand her, says one of the women. Yeah, and they're talking very loudly, to, considering the pro their proximity to, to Hyacinth. That's right. And it's uh, for me, I, I don't like it because I think it's unkind. They're, they're bitching about her behind her back while she yes. can't respond. Anyway, these three women, well, one of them, of course, is Elizabeth. Mm. They end up hiding behind the wall as Richard comes out and Richard finds them and they make up an, a, 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 a feeble variety excuse. of excuses. Yes. Perhaps they've seen a worm. That's right. Which is, of course, fascinating. I feel sorry for Richard as well as Hyacinth because, you know, Richard has chosen to marry Hyacinth and that is that is his wife. And he, he sort of does go along with whatever they say, but then sort of gives a bit of a titter when he's a raised eyebrow and a laugh as if to say how silly once once they go. If that door opened now, I'd hide. You get used to doing that too. <laughs> so we then immediately we leave this moment of Richard and the ladies outside because Hyacinth has called Daisy. 
Yes. One of the few times Hyacinth actually phones Daisy rather than Daisy calling her. And, well, she's, she starts off by talking to Onslow. Onslow answers. He answers It's very rare that Onslow actually is, is up, able to answer the phone. Quite. It's normally in that chair. And she brushes over Onslow's inquiry into her health. Yes. She takes the Mike Dickin approach. Now, Mike Dickin, of course, uh, was a British uh, mm. radio broadcaster yes. who worked on a variety of uh, commercial radio stations in the UK. And he was a very gruff sounding man. And he famously would never respond. If a, if a caller said to him, um, hello, Mike, how are you? He always used to respond with, my health is not in question. And he had no interest whatsoever in being polite no. to his callers. Very rude man. And sadly died. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to do. <laughs> so, yes, Hyacinth's health is not in question. No, Hyacinth's health definitely is not in question. So Onslow passes the phone over to Daisy and... Hyacinth immediately wants to know whether Onslow had been wearing a vest while she was talking to him on the phone. Oh, I hate talking to Onslow when he's only wearing a vest, she says. She's furious. Sends chills down her spine. Absolutely. She wouldn't cope today with video conferencing, would she? She definitely would not. No. She would not. She'd have to, she'd have to ask whether people were wearing trousers. Yes. And she'd have to go into a lot of preparation. She she'd would. have to wear a hat. Yes. Always wear a hat. Until six o'clock. And then ladies take off their hats. So she explained that she couldn't visit Daddy because she's going to something with the ladies' circle. By popular demand. Oh, yes. <laughs> of course, they all really want... But you see, this is the, the lovely thing with Hyacinth. She doesn't realise. She's completely oblivious to how awful most people think she is. And that nobody wants her there. No. Which, again, I feel very sorry. That's why I feel a bit sorry for her. So... Richard's out doing his gardening and Hyacinth appears. Coffee, Elizabeth, she says, barking an order at him. And we haven't actually had an Elizabeth Hyacinth coffee scene for a while in this series. We had one in series, in episode one. I think briefly there was one in episode two. But episode three was coffee free. It was caffeine free, as can, was four. Can you imagine? I mean, I think you, you're very friendly with your next door neighbour. Yes. D does your next door neighbour frequently demand that you come and join her for coffee? <laughs> she doesn't, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> She's annoyingly not called Elizabeth. Oh. I've tried to get her to change her name via deed poll, just so I can shout coffee Elizabeth. Imagine, though, if you had a neighbour and... You're out doing gardening or washing your car and your neighbour just came out and demanded you join them for coffee. Can you imagine? I mean, my neighbour does come over of an evening for a gin. Now, that's different. Yes. Do you ever just summon her by opening the front door and shouting, Gin and tonic! <laughs> um, no, I normally text her on WhatsApp, but maybe on WhatsApp now I will voice note her saying gin and tonic. Yeah. In a hyacinth voice. Coffee, Elizabeth! So... Elizabeth makes her way into the house. Hyacinth demands that she goes round the back. Which is, which is odd, because in a previous episode, I think actually in the pilot, she made a great point that for guests, it's always through the front door. Yes. And then Elizabeth does that, oh, and straight into the kitchen rather than any other room. That's right. But now Hyacinth's policy on, on coffee visitors has changed. She's had a rethink round the back. So... Elizabeth comes round the back, and this is, I think, my favourite coffee scene. Oh, really? 
I think, in series one or the entire in series one. Uh, yeah, so in series one, because this is the first time Hyacinth is giving her a beaker. She no longer trusts her <laughs> with her fine china. So she gives her a beaker and Elizabeth explains that she always gets so nervous around Hyacinth's fine china. And, and Hyacinth delivers the line, well, it can't be easy when you're all thumbs, <laughs> at which point the entire milk jug <laughs> goes into this beaker and she makes the most dreadful mess. Have you ever spilt anything at someone else's house? Yes, not milk, because I don't take milk in tea or coffee. Um, so it wouldn't have been that. But I might have spilt... I'm, I'm quite messy with water. And thank heavens it's only water. Mm. Normally at, at other people's houses, particularly yours, the host is, is pouring the wine for me. So at least I'm not having to touch the wine. My old next-door neighbour, she had uh, friends round to play bridge <laughs> and one of her guests spilt a glass of red wine all up her cream wall, she threw him out. <laughs> she made him leave. Well, that's the way to deal with it. No, I mean, from an etiquette point of view, if a host, if a guest does spill anything, you obviously, you make them, feel, you know, oh, it doesn't matter, this old thing, it's had, had red wine on it, it'll come out easily, even though in your head you might be plotting their eventual death, <laughs> thinking, what a pain, but you obviously make them feel relaxed and don't tell them they're all thumbs. That's very nice. Whereas Hyacinth's face is like thunder. Yes. Because <laughs> dairy does stain. Lactose gets everywhere. Oh, yes. It smells like sick. <laughs> it does. Have you ever spilt milk in a car? No. You'll have to sell the car. <laughs> it's true. Well, maybe I've spilt milk, but I don't know because I now use a, a lovely air freshener. I used to have a Volkswagen Polo. Oh, you're like Princess Diana. And I left a bag of grass cuttings in the boot for a weekend. Don't ask me why. I was planning on dropping them off at the tip. Why were grass cuttings even in your boot? Because I went to cut my grandparents' lawn. OK. And for some reason, I brought the grass cuttings home with me because I was going to go via the tip and I didn't. I left them in the boot of the car. True story, I had to sell the car. Because the smell, <laughs> the smell of those grass cuttings ruined that car. Freshly cut grass, though, is a, a nice smell. Not when it sat in a hot car for a weekend. No. It smelled like someone had died in it. <laughs> I had to sell it. I did. I literally sold it. Did you the have car. to disclose that it had the smell of grass in it when you sold it or not? Well, no. I mean, buyer beware, it stank. <laughs> right. I well. traded it in. <laughs> for what? A Nissan Micra. <laughs> what an upgrade. <laughs> what was Onslow wearing? Oh, I hate talking to Onslow when he's only wearing a vest. <laughs> and now the action switches from the nice side of town to Onslow and Daisies, and we are introduced outside to the 17-year-old motorcyclist, the Toy Boy. He's, not, he's not, not called anything, he's just Toy Boy. We assume that it's one of Rose's previous squeezes. Although, arguably, he is probably, of all the, the men or boys that we see Rose with for the entire series, he probably is the winner in terms of attractiveness. We, we've talked before that Rose doesn't... Nor I mean, Mr Duxbury from the previous episode in a different league... I mean, I, this guy doesn't do anything for me, but he is certainly the most... But do you honestly think that he was... He was dating Rose. That's disgusting. <laughs> well, it is a bit disgusting. I mean, well, well, there's he's some 17 connection. and Rose is, what, 
45, 50 at least, particularly with that rose, because that was Haggard Rose. Yeah, true. Well, may- Or maybe he is the son of someone that Rose has been seeing in the past. Well... You never know. Well, you never know. But this is a very silly storyline. Well, it is a bit. And actually, incidentally, the, the actor who plays the youth, the motorcyclist, uh, Johnny Lee Miller has gone on to have quite a lot of success in America. Has he? Playing Sherlock Holmes in their, in the CBS series Elementary. He looks very different now. But Does can he? you find a photo? We'll... Yes, yeah, so let's have a little look at Johnny Lee Miller now. You, you almost wouldn't know it's the same person. I mean, he's obviously, that was 30 years ago when this happened. Uh, now it's it's 30 years later. Right. Gosh. Well, he's definitely looking a much more handsome chap than he did when he was a 17-year-old in leather. True. It's also just been pointed out to us by our producer that actually Johnny Lee Miller was uh, Angelina Jolie's first husband. Wow. From keeping up appearances at Onslow and Daisy's house to married to Angelina Jolie. Daisy, Angelina Jolie, <laughs> Daisy, Angelina Jolie. I know who I'd rather be married to. Onslow? Yeah. I've got something to tell you, Onslow. Hang on, they're nearly off. I'm in love, Onslow, with a 17-year-old. It's got a good chance, this. I've got two quid on it. (laughs) We then cut to Hyacinth and Richard, who've arrived at the church in Northampton. Yes. Now, we don't, know, we don't know in the programme that it's in Northampton, but that church is in Northampton, isn't yes, it? Yes, and it's called, in, in, I think in a previous episode, they just refer to it as St Thingy. St so Thingy's it, Church. It's never actually even given a name. Isn't it All Saints Church in Northampton? It is, and I visited, because as you know, I love a filming location. You do. Especially if I can visit it. And uh, there's a nice photograph of me parked outside in the spot reserved for Mrs Drummond from the Grange, which happens in a later episode, but I, I parked in that spot. And the vicar arrives and he sees Hyacinth, tries to disappear before she notices him. Too late. Ah, vicar! Second episode appearance from the vicar, played by Jeremy Gittins. This is two episodes he appears in in series one. He has to do some rather peculiar things in this episode, doesn't he? He, d- he does. We'll, d- we'll talk about that in a minute. Yes, with a fire extinguisher. I'm sure. Um, Hyacinth's then seen prepping in the church hall... Um, But this is, you see, where I feel very sorry for her because all these other women who are also getting ready for whatever kind of function they're having. And I have to be honest, this is, for me, this is very realistic Mm. because my grandfather used to be the, um, uh, he was the head of the Shenley Horticultural Society. Oh. It was a very exclusive affair. Yeah. And they used to have an annual uh, flower show in the village hall in Shenley and... It was always a similar kind of thing. Okay. A group of women of a similar age wearing similar outfits, preparing, all arriving with their plate of whatever they'd prepared. Competitive baking. Yes, normally a variety of beige. Mm. And all the plates were then set up for people to enjoy. But all these women are rather unkind because they all hide from Hyacinth when they see her. Which is a great shame, really. Because Hyacinth's only trying to just raise the standards. Yes, but to be honest, she does become a bit of a pain. She does. Although this sort of this scene, this montage we see with with the cakes is perhaps what gave the the producers uh, the idea for the Great British Bake Off, because you've got you've got a, a middle aged lady in a dress uh, critiquing cakes. That's very true. She says to Elizabeth because there's no one there because they're all hiding that she needs some volunteers, and she says to Elizabeth, "Can she go and round up some volunteers?" And Elizabeth 
preempting what's going to happen, says, what if they won't come? And she says, <laughs> just tell them it's for me, dear. <laughs> the great celebrity, local celebrity that a- she is. Again, completely and utterly oblivious to how much other people think she's a nightmare. Uh, but then we do work out why she is a bit of a nightmare, because when she starts critiquing... Mm. Now, to be honest, Hyacinth at this point becomes a little bit Dame Edna average. <laughs> yes. Dame Edna average for people who... She's, a, she's an international giga star. Living course, in a course cave. People will Everyone have heard surely knows Australian uh, housewife superstar. Housewife superstar, who's often very cutting and very rude to people. I love Dame Edna. We love Dame Edna. We absolutely love Dame Edna. So she says, uh, "There's one lady who arrives with a bowl of salad, and she says, oh, you do your letters like that, do you, dear? All sort of lumpy and carefree.'" It's, that kind of critique that you can see why people think she's a nightmare. My favourite line that she does is, is where the woman is uh, trying to uh, unroll the cling, the cling film. film and she says, don't worry, they're not coming until one o'clock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then another lady appears with a, a cake and she says, that's one of Sheridan's favourite cakes when it's made properly. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, some of the cakes don't look great. <laughs> no. There's some sort of rum bar bar tropical thing that they bring out, which looks... Is that the one where she says, oh, that's nice, dear, <laughs> whatever it is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you do your lettuce like that, do you? Sort of lumpy and carefree. <laughs> My Sheridan prefers his arranged rather more symmetrically. But then he has such natural good taste. Oh, doorbell again. Oh, the door. It might be the man for the electric... We'll be back in a moment. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back at Daisy and Onslow's now, and they are wondering if this will make Onslow jealous, if this whole scheme... And this is where it really, for me, gets very silly. Because they are less than a metre away from Onslow talking about this, and apparently Onslow is not going to be able to hear. Because they want Onslow to, to feel jealous and pay more attention to Daisy, 
But then it goes one step further. After this kind of slightly uncomfortable moment where we have to watch this silly storyline in the in mm. the room, they then realise they need Richard's help to make Onslow jealous. Again, it's one of those crowbarred storylines where mm. they're just trying to manufacture a reason for Onslow to go to the church where Hyacinth and Richard are to embarrass Hyacinth. It does feel a bit crowbarred in this storyline, but there we go. It does, and, and, and so they, they, they somehow get Onslow to go to the church hall, and, and we're back at the church hall. There's more interaction between Hyacinth and these, these ladies, and, and Hyacinth is very worried in front of Elizabeth. It is garlic appropriate for an Anglican church hall? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I, do, I mean, I do, is, is garlic particularly... Is, is that known for, in Catholicism? Doesn't it, doesn't it ward off the devil? yes. But I think the devil's in the Bible, isn't he? I like some garlic. Form. Yeah, I love garlic. Mm. Well, anyway, Hyacinth, she's, she's very she, she's very conscientious to, to make sure that she's not offending anyone. She would have a good career in protocol because that's the sort of detail you have to go into. Did I once tell you I was, I was doing some training? I won't say which country. I was doing some training for a European foreign ministry into cross-cultural awareness, and we were particularly focusing on dining. And I was talking to them all about all the things that particular religions that don't consume alcohol, can't, you know, what, where alcohol is in things that aren't obvious. And alcohol is particularly found in vanilla extract. If you know this, it's about 33% alcohol. And a look of horror came on their faces because they had had a Middle Eastern country on a state visit the week before <laughs> and their pudding had contained quite a lot of vanilla extract and they realised that they'd, they'd given the non-drinking country... Oh dear. Alcohol. I've given children alcoholic trifle. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> In another episode, I'm sure. What age were you when you had to get your stomach pumped? Six. <laughs> yes. At St Albans City and District Hospital. A&E department when they had one. I mean, it's your parents' fault because they said, we're going away, don't touch the drinks cabinet. They had a luxury cocktail party and dressed me up as a waiter. What did they expect? Of course I got up at five o'clock the following morning and downed every bottle. I've got a number of stories like that. Yes, no. I had to be rescued by a lifeguard when I was 13 at the Canvas Holidays Welcome Barbecue in South France. <laughs> so I jumped in the swimming pool. I was so drunk I couldn't swim anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, how do we get on to that? Oh, garlic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> so we're, we're back in the church hall, and yes. this is where Hyacinth is deterred. She's trying desperately to tell the vicar about Sheridan. Yes, and the, the, the fire safety conscious vicar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the director had clearly said, Vicar, you can come in. Bring the fire extinguisher. Because yes, you, you've only got one fire extinguisher for the whole of the church. Yes. You've got to move it to where the crowds will be. <laughs> <laughs> for the ladies' circle. For when the devil appears. Yes. And there's a nice glass polishing scene. Yes. Where the vicar's obviously not polishing the glasses <laughs> quite to Hyacinth standard, so she redoes them all after he's done it. There's really no point the vicar even touching the glasses. Absolutely not. And then all of a sudden... Um, they're made aware of the fact that there's a gentleman outside wanting Richard. Obviously someone very important. Bound to be someone from work. So Richard inspects him. When she finds out it's Onslow, 
She's horrified. But hang on, there's a moment where R- Richard is being primed by Hyacinth to go outside looking relaxed but alert. <laughs> <laughs> and Hyacinth is having to, to just go through Richard's deportment, one hand in a pocket, oh, that's to right. look relaxed yet alert. <laughs> How would you stand if you wanted to look relaxed but alert? It's poor, a lovely, lovely Poor moment. Richard. Poor Richard. So when, when she comes outside to find Onslow... She's, well, she's typically blunt. Onslow, go away! She she says, I'll handle it in a tactful way. (laughs) And just marches up to Onslow. Onslow, go away. Onslow, go away! Uh, Anyway, he's there and we're not, well, at that point, we're not quite sure why he's there. He wants to see Richard, but Mm. it's all where they've tried to crowbar this storyline in, just so that Onslow will be there to embarrass Hyacinth. Get rid of him. How can I do that? Get rid of him. Oh, very well. Leave it to me. Be tactful. Of course I'll be tactful. Onslow, go away. <laughs> Before anyone sees you. And once Onslow gets sent round the back, we then go into to, again to the church hall, uh, which is done in a studio, not the actual church hall, and we see Elizabeth and, and Hyacinth. And again, she might have given Elizabeth a beaker at home, so Elizabeth doesn't break any china, but Elizabeth now breaks two of the Royal Dalton. She smashes two. Although, if you've noticed, if you watch very closely, yes. the second one hasn't quite <laughs> fallen, so she has to then lean over and drop, knock that one off the table. There's an aftershock. Yes, that's yes. right. And then Hyacinth... Now, I'm going to... I, I spotted this when I was watching this episode. In a previous episode of our podcast, we talked about whether Hyacinth is devout. And you said, no, she's not. Well... She quotes the Bible twice at this point. Oh, does she? She says, oh, it's the chalice broken on the wheel, the pitcher shattered at the fountain. Oh. Ecclesiastes 12.6. Oh, you see, that was lost on me, being a devout atheist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to say, I did type that into Google to see what she was quoting. (laughs) Oh, dear, oh, I see. Put those down, dear. I thought you said put them on the the top. Nothing, just the chalice broken on the wheel. The picture shattered at the fountain. Pardon? £40 each and irreplaceable. Now we go to a rather peculiar scene where all of a sudden there's some kind of choir rehearsal taking place outside with a piano. Yes. Onslow is out singing with the choir. And is... uh... Checked out by one of the middle-aged women. Yes. Middle-aged, middle-class women. Yes, and he doesn't like it. No, fancy a bit of rough. Yeah, clearly. And then, of course, Hyacinth appears absolutely horrified when she sees Onslow. But then, to make matters even worse, mm. at that particular moment, Daisy arrives on the back of the motorbike... Playing with Johnny Lee Miller's pillion. <laughs> Indeed. And, of course, the final humiliation is there for all to see. And they're par- and she parades in fr- rather dramatically <laughs> yes. and not very convincingly, not once but twice past Onslow, who's in the middle of singing hymns. <laughs> and one of the ladies says, who on earth's that? And Hyacinth says, I've no idea. I've never seen her before in my life. <laughs> Do you think Onslow even cares? Not really. No. No, Onslow's not really bothered about anything. Yes, that. I've no idea. I've never seen Onslow in my life. 
So then you find yourself thinking, well, how on earth are they going to end this? <laughs> and in fact, we should point out that in the in the Harold Snowed book, mm. he is quite critical, isn't he, of some of the scripts? Yes. He, as the director, felt some of the scripts were just silly and made no sense. So he used to kind of rewrite bits of them. And yes, Richard and Onslow were there having a pint out of a glass this time, not like the previous episode, out of a can. Mm. And to be fair, actually, I think it's quite a funny ending because Richard says, you know... I didn't know that about Daisy or, 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 you know, how do you feel? And Onslow says, well, I, I didn't even know she liked motorbikes. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a Cue good game. the end credits. Yes. It's, it's a nice episode with some weak moments. It's nice, but but a little bit silly. Yes. Well, how much were we paying attention? <gasps> Play along at home. The producer has written a question. See how closely you were watching. Today's question, what is the name of the hymn that Richard and Onslow sing? As part of the choir. I know, I'm going to write my answer down. <laughs> Can you name any hymns? Well... I know you love a hymn. I'm going to guess. Oh. Stop writing. No? No. Jonathan's written down all things bright and beautiful. Yeah. What was it? To be a pilgrim. Is that the name of... Is that the official name? To be a pilgrim, yes. Mm. Point to me. But weren't you a choir boy? Briefly. As you know, for about three years. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then my voice broke. Ah. And they didn't want... In fact, I think for my last year, I mimed. You're like Alan Jones. So if you want to keep up with the bouquets, you can now hear William and I chat through every episode of Series 1 right now. You know how to find the next episode, as you've done so well to find us here... But we do need your help to let other people into the world of Hyacinth Bouquet and our podcast. If you wouldn't mind terribly picking up your white slimline telephone with last number redial, giving them a call and instructing them to join us, well, we'd be frightfully grateful. Goodbye. Cheerio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.